0: Welcome back to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast. I am Joel Fragamini, your host for another Comedy Castle podcast. We're going to tell you what's going on at the club, give you a great interview that I did this week. Matt Bronger, that's the guy who's headlining this weekend, February 2nd to the 4th, five big shows with Matt Bronger. And, uh, you know, uh, and you'll hear this in the interview with Matt. A lot of pressure. I'll get into that in a second. Let's get on with what's going on at the Comedy Castle this week. And it's a big week. It's another, is it a six-day week? How many days in a row do we have shows? Seven shows. Seven days in a row for shows. That's right. So let's go through them all. I'm putting the show up early because Matt is so great, and I know he has so many fans. We weren't waiting. We're putting this up on Monday. But Tuesday, the 31st, The 101 Comedy Class Showcase is at the Comedy Castle. That's, I always say, your friends and family doing stand-up. It's 7.30 p.m. It's the graduates of the first uh, of the beginner comedy class, the 101 comedy class. And the next day on the first comedy class showcase, again, different group of people. There's so many comedy students. We split it in two and make two shows thirty first and February first. And then we got Matt Bronger uh on Thursday through Saturday, just like usual, seven thirty Saturday, seven fifteen and nine forty five on Friday. Seven to nine thirty Saturday. Get your tickets on comedycastle.com for those shows. And then Sunday night, got Gus Constantellis. Yes, I got that right. Gus Constantellis is an early, real early show. 5.30 is what we have listed over on ComedyCastle.com for Gus. He's a comic from New York. I think it's his first Comedy Castle appearance. And then we even have a very special Monday night on the 6th with Maria Bamford. There's a comedy legend right there. Maria Bamford, live to Comedy Castle. I don't know how many tickets are left for that. I'm thinking there's not that many. As I record this, I think there's some. I bet you I could buy a Maria Bamford ticket if I wanted to. Let's see. Probably one. <laughs> I'm looking. Boy, a lot of it's unavailable. Is there anything? Anyway, check ComedyCastle.com. All right, I just found some tickets. Not a many. You want to see Maria Bamford at the Comedy Castle? It's been many years, I think, since she's been at our club. Uh, get those tickets now. Okay? As you're listening to this. Maria Bamford. Um, So yeah, go get those tickets. It's going to be a great, it's a huge week. And uh, we're excited to do these Sunday-Monday shows. We just had Emma Willman, who was the last guest on this show, uh, just last night as I'm recording this. And we had a great time with Emma. We want to thank everybody that came out for that one because it's a great show. She's super funny. And she's going to come back probably on the weekend and play to many more people. We hope that's the case. all right, but let's set up. Anyway, and of course, you want to call the club 248-542-9900. They will answer all your questions more than I can. So call the club. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up the Matt Bronger interview, which was intimidating. That is sort of the first thing you'll hear is me talking about how nervous I was. And for those of you that don't know, Matt, let's set up why that is. This guy's uh, I almost I didn't use this term with him, but I'll throw it out here. Comics comic, a lot of comedians, favorite comedian is Matt Bronger. Uh, he does a very, if you listen to any of his six comedy albums or specials, he does a very conversational style. It's a lot of long stories. we I actually asked him about his style and how he developed it. Um, But uh, he's also very well known for going on tons and tons of podcasts and being, he's done a few of his own, but he is really known as like, The A guest, the funniest guest. I saw him on on, uh, talking to Pete Holmes on YouTube the other day. It was fantastic. And uh, he's also done television. He's a guest star in a lot of stuff that you might know him from. Um, But in the world of comedy, his specials, his albums uh, are considered as good as it gets. What podcast has he been on? Do I have it here? Well, he's been on Letterman. He's been on Conan. Uh, just tons of stuff. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, never not funny with Jimmy Pardo, an old friend of mine. he has been on the Joe Rogan experience. Comedy bang bang. The nerdist podcast. You made it weird. The bird cast with Bert Kreischer. Do you understand the pressure that was on my shoulders to make this a good interview, but here's the good news. The good news is I didn't have to do a whole lot. <laughs> You know, you throw something out at Matt and he goes with it. In fact, you'll hear towards the end, uh, I kind of threw this premise at him a little bit. It's based on something on on his uh, latest album called Doug. He writes the whole bit. He writes a whole bit right here. And I even mentioned that's how Matt Bronger writes a bit. He just talks it out. And it's like, you can sell that now. (laughs) And it was a lot of the stuff that I was going to get to. But he just took it. It's. He's amazing. I really enjoy talking to Matt. I hope you'll enjoy it, too. Listen to it right now. I feel pressure Great. talking to Matt Matt, uh, yeah. I feel pressure, because <laughs> you are known as like the podcast guy. The wow. number one, the top okay. guy, the top guest. No, that's the, not true. Yeah, no, it's not true. I'll, hey, I'll
1: take it. I, I do know <laughs> it's like Self perception is almost always false. Yeah, you know, uh especially especially with us dudes. You know, right, the amount of guys that are like, I'm this. Yeah, we're you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I I've said this in, in therapy before. I I spent so much time thinking I was John Candy and playing trays and automobiles, and I'm I'm so much more Steve Martin. <laughs> I don't want to be. You know, I I want you know, but I just it's like, yeah, I think I'm John Candy. And then someone cuts me off in traffic and I scream my head off. You know, so it, it, that, that said, yeah. You know, the thing is, it's like, yeah, I've been on a, a, a ton of podcasts, yeah. but at the same time, I think why I happen is because I, I just, I like vibing with people and talking with yeah. them and just not making it like a thing mm-hmm. where, you know, when I, when I, when someone's interviewing me and they're, they're like, uh, they're like, you know, I don't, you know, we'll just this, that I'm just like, I'm like, it, it's whatever you want, man. And mm-hmm you know, or, or ma'am. And I, you know, let's just roll. It's yeah. cool. It's like, it's like I, I think it's people like that when you're, you're down to play right. rather than, uh, Oh, this is, this, this BS or, you know, bring chip on their shoulder, all right. that But yeah, it's like, you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, I've, I've done it. I've done a ton, but it's like, I, you know, you always, you always think like, wow, have I done that many? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I did do a, to to promote my my latest special, I did do a a, a blitz. <laughs> okay, I, I called in all the favors. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, because at comedy castle, I, I don't know if you've done a weekend at our club. You're hanging on the wall. I look at your picture every mm-hmm. day, but I feel like that was a one nighter. Am I right about that? It was a one. You're correct. It yeah. was a one nighter. It's always been a,
1: a problem with scheduling mm-hmm. or whatnot, and also kind of. I feel like comedy cast castles up in the echelon. You know, yeah. it's, it's up there with. Uh, with Acme and Comedy on State mm. and uh, Comedy Works, you know, in, in Denver, where it's kind of like these places that like every comedy club uh, uh, oh. com- comedian is dying to, 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 mm. to do a weekend there because it's always great. I mean, I they, from ev- everything from the staff to the stage to everything in, in Comedy Castle is like notoriously great. And, the, to, of course, the audience, because they have a built in uh, uh, fan base. Yeah. So, and you and- know, I, I, I
0: yeah, yeah, I'm on the I mean, staff, and we really take that seriously. You know, we try to make sure yeah. you guys have a good time. You know, I'm a comic myself, and I'm right. one of the doormen, so I see both ends. I see angry people, and I sure. see comics who, you know, are just blown away by how nice the stage is. And like we had a comic last night, mm-hmm. and she was like, "The stage is gigantic. I've never played a stage this big." Yeah. And I'm like, well, we mm-hmm. we try. We yeah. do our best. It's it's great, you know, and and those
1: those comedy clubs who have been able to make that work, especially financially, especially after uh, 2020, they are pretty few and far between, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, there's there's what 52 weekends in a year, and there's roughly what a trillion working comedians, yeah, yeah. or you know, like it. So it's like it's always that thing where oh, they can't fit you this year. It's booked. It's like yeah, I get it, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, I mean, a, a lot of these clubs. Um, you know, where I'm I'm doing fine and, and have a pretty good rep. But like, you know, there's there's always uh people that sell way more than me and have their pick of the litter and like when they cancel, that's when, you know, it'll be <laughs> like it, it opens up more. But it but it happens all the time. Yeah. You know, it used to be it used to be uh these like big, big theater acts were like, oh, they're working on stuff so they want to do a weekend. But now everybody wants to do the good club mm-hmm.
0: as well as to yeah, the big yeah. theaters, you know? Yeah. We've so got a, like, we get a thousand seater down the street oh. and they compete mm-hmm. with us a little bit, but a lot of guys, when sure. I talk to them, they're like, yeah, I could go down there and they'd book me, but I'd rather do the club. I like the intimacy of it and they enjoy that. Yeah. Motor, so, um, yeah, it, it's, it,
1: it is a, it is a toss up, you know, like I, my biggest market is Portland, Oregon, where I'm from. Yeah. And I go back and forth between, this great old theater and I'll just do one night and, uh, you know, helium that's there. Yeah, and it's okay. a, you know, a, a solid club you know, for a weekend. And it's like, I, I make about the exact same amount of money for the weekend as I do one night mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, but I like to do every other. Yeah. Cause it's good to do, it's going to do a, a, a few shows and kind of, you know, get, rotate more people in and out, mm-hmm. you know, but in that, that said, I, I thankfully have a an agent who works with uh, comedians and bands, so he knows yeah. he knows all the spots. So if, sure. a, if the local club is booked in a market that's good for me, it's like, oh well, I got this rock club down the street or a different part of town, you know. So uh-huh. it's it's just this with this business, it's it, it, it's it's the same, but it's also constantly changing. Right. So you kind of got to be able to adapt and uh-huh. stuff. But anyway, long story long, <laughs> I'm glad that. uh, that Comedy Castle exists. You yeah, know, it's, it's such a solid, bro.
0: And we're glad to have you. Uh, uh, now, yeah, I was going to ask you about Portland. You brought it up here about, you know, your, sure. the reputation. I've never been to Portland. And you even have okay. a bit about how weird Portland can be, or maybe it used to be, and now it's not. And right. I don't know if you yeah. know Detroit's reputation, because it's kind of similar. It's a little different. Uh, yeah, you well, Detroit
1: has always had, you know, this weird kind of like, uh, like rap. And it used to be like, it was a punchline in the seventies mm-hmm. and eighties because everything fell apart because all the auto companies pulled out, obviously, mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it, but then it, then it kind of had this in the, in the nineties and two thousands, it's kind of had this oh. renaissance where like a kind of like, if you know, you know mm-hmm. uh thing of, of people building the place back because they want to live there. The fact is, it's like, I feel like Michigan's one of the best States period. Yeah. You know, and I'm not pandering. No, that's okay. I really like playing Michigan. I really like the vibe of Michigan. Um, Michigan is a place I could certainly live. And I think, you know, Detroit was kind of the, the beating heart of that industry in terms of being a city. But, you know, it, it is where like, like so much art has come from and, and so much, uh, you know, influence has come, come from, but it never, it never got the thing it, because it's so big and because it had such a fallout that it had to kind of build back up, you know, compared to Portland, there's an art scene for sure, but Portland is just, it's it's still so small. Yeah. You know, okay. it, it never really had an industry outside of, you know, logging in a transitional mm-hmm. sense. And, you know, at the same time, thank God it never got, it. it's Get kicked off by the tech boom like okay, San Francisco yeah, did, yeah. you know, um, and like, you know, so it it kind of survived that way. I think I think Detroit is one of those places that has a lot of space and people are using it for these kind of artistic in, endeavors. But I do see a parallel.
0: Yeah, there with, definitely uh, with, is. With yeah. Detroit, And you yeah, can and sure, and leave sure. me if you say these things to our audience about Detroit, they yeah. will, they, you know, they will applaud and they will love it. At the same time, if you want to talk about boy, what happened to your downtown? It looks like a bomb went off. They'll applaud sure. and laugh at that at the same time. So both, both oh, things exist here. You know, we are of aware of what went down, you know, we are yeah. not, you know, but we do yeah. do that stuff too, where, you know, they have stuff where say, oh, we used to make the model T in this place. And now we make mm-hmm. artisanal pickles. And there is that thing going on, yeah. which I find a little funny, you know, it's same way, you know, like, no, it's great.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, an a adaptation, yeah. you know, it's, it's being able to, to 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 roll with stuff. And, I, and I, one of the things I see in Detroit and I see in, in a lot of uh, these kind of quote unquote rundown spaces is people who don't, young people who don't want to leave. Like they want to build a life there. They mm-hmm. want to build their family right. there. And they do. And it's because you don't, with the advent, you know, I'd say probably starting with uh, the, the access that the internet has given us you don't have to go all these different places mm-hmm. to get your product out or to get your voice out. You know, like comedians don't necessarily just speaking about you and me, we don't necessarily have to go to LA or New York anymore. Yeah, You know, it definitely helps if you want to transition to other aspects of the business. But, you know, I know so many comics, you know, just off the top of my head, Chad Daniels, mm-hmm. um, you know, who uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy and blanking, but like there, there's a bunch of comics who just, they either never left or they went back to where they wanted to live anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Nate Bargatze moved back to Nashville, but of course, he blew that fuck up. Yeah. You know, so it didn't yeah, matter. Right. That yeah. guy could live in Antarctica and still tour. But it's like, you know, he didn't give, give an f about the the Hollywood thing necessarily. So it's like, you can, it, it, you know, I, I feel like there's if if you like Detroit, stay in Detroit.
0: Yeah, you well, know, we, if you
1: want to make your pickles there, make them there. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Cool. yeah Bar, but I but like cheaper.
0: You know, yeah. when I got started in comedy, it was, uh, they you say, you know, stay in Detroit, get good and then go. That was that was always what they tell you, because you could do, you know, you could work every night without going more than two hours from home, three hours from home at the most. And you could work every weekend. Yeah. And that was great back then. And the recession hit that. But there's a lot of stuff coming back now, too. There's new places uh, for people to play, Mm -hmm. which is great. And then I know uh, reading uh, your story, you went to Chicago to start comedy. Right. And uh, uh-huh. I, I listen, when I'm listening to your stuff, you have so many great stories from, uh, it feels like the old days in Chicago and working as a bartender and all right. that stuff. So how did that shape what you do? Well, it
1: was, it was, it was wild because I was already kind of working for this. Uh, I, when I, when I was in college, I would go home to Portland for the summers and I would work at like the rock bottom brewery downtown and, you know, bus tables and run food and stuff. And then so when I moved to Chicago, they just were like, Oh, you can just have a job here. And I, I had that job, the six years I lived there, I could have worked other places, but because they gave me health insurance, Mm -hmm. I, you know, was definitely footloose and fancy free and just, you know, living the dollar to dollar. But at the same time I didn't want to get hit by a car and not have insurance and bankrupt my family. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just, I just stayed there and that handled the rent. But then doing uh, improv and then doing open mics, I fell in with, uh, you know, a, a, a bunch of people like, you know, uh, Kyle Canaan and McBettencourt and John Roy, and then we started, we all would go to this open mic that was every Monday night at a place called Lion's Den, where other people like Pete Holmes and Camille Nanjiani and um, uh, uh, Brian, Mike Bridenstine and, and uh, Emily DeRezus and all these people would like we would go up and we would do, we would, you know, there's a guy named Dwayne Kennedy. Who's incredible. He's still around. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. He was, he was kind of like our Elvis. He was kind of like, wow, we'll never be as good as him. He's been on Letterman, (laughs) you know? And then, but, you know, but, but also because I will say this, this is a huge part of how, why that scene got so, why people up from that scene were, got so good is because the only pressure we had was each other, because no one, with the exception of John Roy Got booked at Zany's, which okay. was like the only club on the north side at that point. And, you know, and we, he would go on the road and stuff. But, yeah, I opened for John you know, a bunch just, of times. It, yeah. Yeah, but he's great. And mm-hmm. and you know, uh, i never forget, it was so funny. We used to make fun of him for going and playing all these clubs and, <laughs> and for doing the same material we'd already seen. Yeah. He always wanted to do new stuff. And he was like, Yeah, have fun at your jobs, assholes, and drove off in a car he owned. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, right. You're, you're making a living at comedy. You're better than us. You know, you're like, it's such a fucking great what down. But like, uh, it, be, we, our creativity was like allowed to flourish because it was such a tiny scene for us when they're like, Oh, you came out of the Chicago scenes. Like I did, but it was also kind of a weird little weird nerdy scene a little bit, you know, without being just kind of like, because stand-up really wasn't popping anywhere. Yeah, this was yeah. kind of, just before the kind of alt boom and, uh, you know, near the the end. You know, this is like, this is like late nineties. Yeah. The, I started
0: in 99. So, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. So you remember, man, I know it what was it was like yeah. a weird time, yeah. a weird time for standup action. because
0: yeah, the, um, the eighties guys were kind of going away and then who was right. going to replace them. And then a lot of the places you played were going away too, or they were just dinosaurs and you're playing, you know, we yeah. used to have this place Chaplin's comedy club, on the east side of Detroit, which is mm-hmm. a bowling alley. Okay, and yeah. it's it's where Foxworthy came up with you might be a redneck. It's literally a oh, joke funny. about that club. I don't know if you know that. If you if you valet park no, your pickup truck at the bowling alley, you might be a redneck. And he wrote that one night about oh, that club, great. and there you go.
1: That's great. Oh, that's and funny. That place that's is funny. gone yeah, now and, though, and,
0: too. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, even when I started in Chicago, I would talk to. Like older comics, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, there used to be this, there yeah, used to be yeah. this, and there used to be this, but now there's just zanies." And like, I love zanies, but it's it's tiny, it's like yeah. hundred seats. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it it's why when you play zanies, God bless them, you you got to do Tuesday through Sunday, two shows Friday, three shows Saturday. So, yeah. you know, come Monday morning, flying home, you hate every joke you've ever <laughs> thought of. Right. You know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, if you're if you're really working on stuff, it's a great place. be. I mean, that that room is 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 sick. It's great, but it's like we, you know, we never really got guest spots, and at the same time, never really pursued them as mm. much as like you know, and, you know, I'm sure John would submit all the time to places around there, and he was way better at it. But you know, we kind of had that open mic as well as a few bar shows that we just bounce around wow. in, and then it was what we finally were like, uh, personally, I was like. I got to get out of here because I've had the same job for six years. I feel like a hamster on a wheel and I'm not, I'm not happy living this way anymore. I have to at least go somewhere. And I, I wanted to go, I, I went to LA because I felt like there's more accessibility to like being able to write for uh, or get on you know, TV. Mm-hmm. And now these days that's not necessarily true. The biggest difference in New York and LA is you can get up a lot more uh, per night mm-hmm. in New York. You know, uh, but I am I, I, I am one of those people who people in the nation think are weird, but I like Los Angeles. I I I like the variety. I like I like how big it is. I like that. You know, you can go neighborhood to neighborhood and it's entirely different culturally speaking, Um, you know, but and and also my wife likes it here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so so it worked. It worked out. But, yeah, starting in Chicago, definitely because because it is, you know, i mean you can't you, you like you gotta love the midwest okay. it's just the, the 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 best vibes the best um you know culture the best you know like people you know it's, it's 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 kind of the epitome of american you know work for it to get it uh but don't be an asshole kind yeah, of thing
0: yeah, right right and yeah,
1: they... so you know Chicago's like the biggest nicest city in that respect mm. um But so it was like it was a great place. It was a great place to be, and also and also because of that scene. So that's why it was pretty.
0: And then. Like your style, and I just maybe it goes into like the John Roy thing, where maybe there was that debate about new stuff every night or constantly working on stuff, or right. sort of developing that. I mean, I feel like with you, maybe more than I don't say more than anybody because you probably say no, this is the case. But so many you've put out so many uh, albums and specials in mm-hmm. a relatively short time, and oh. I, I feel like your bits because I, I also teach comedy class. You have these mm. stories that you know when you look at the albums, they're seven minutes, eight minutes, whatever they might be, and. and and, uh, right. you know, people are influenced by comedians like you when they start comedy. Mm. And I try to tell them, I right. know, you know, an eight minute bit, you're, you're going to get maybe five minutes at some of these mics. And, you know, if you're not giving them a laugh right. every 10 seconds, they're not going to listen to you. So no. is that a thing that developed where you're doing like set a punchline more in the beginning and it sort of developed into stories or yeah, how they're working?
1: I, I kinda always was a story guy a kind of bring you into a situation kind of person mm. and like I gotten better at doing that in a shorter time because you're absolutely right. It's like when you're starting, you're only getting like five minutes. And that, that to me was always the frustrating thing about late night spots, um, where I was like, I don't even know what to submit because I'm just not even really getting cooking until here, here, here. But you know, and that's my problem, not theirs, but it, it is, uh, it is, uh, you know, it's just, it's just something that, uh, I, I kind of always been that way. I was never the person who would just write a great, read it on a piece of paper. Great joke. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that's, that's one reason I never really wrote for any other comedians yeah. or, uh, on any kind of, any kind of talk shows or anything like that. It's just, it's just not really the muscle that I've, I can flex that well. But, um, I've always liked, uh, you know, I've always liked stories. I mean, I, I grew up, um, listening to class clown by, uh, George Carlin yeah, and right. I, my, my favorite parts were not, you know, the words you can't say on television which I think is a, a, a phenomenal bit and I like the stuff about his childhood I mm-hmm. like the stuff about him growing up yeah. and him doing impressions of people you've never known yeah. or met you know I was always like oh this is cool I, I like it it kind of takes you down this road same with Richard Pryor I was like his mm-hmm. story yeah you know even if he's commenting on just w- what it's like to be drunk in a bar just, he was, he's telling this entire story yeah of the guy to the point where he goes home to his girlfriend or wife and he tries to have sex or he barks. you know, it's like, it's like, he goes, <laughs> it just goes and goes and goes and goes where he could have been. This is what will happen to you. If you do this, you know, and there are bits in there that are like, Oh, that's a great punchline where, it's you know, the bartender cuts him off. And he's like, he's like, what? I'm drunk. You didn't say that when you were selling me that shit. And it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a great, great lucid point for a drunk person to make. You know, <laughs> so yeah. and that's a great bit, but it, it, it fits in the story. So,
0: you know, so. speaking of bits, we'll end on this. But I, I was listening to your latest. Your latest album is called Doug, right? And yeah. I listen to the Doug, you know, I start listening to the album. You're, I'm going to explain, I think you say at some point, I'll explain Doug at the end or however that goes. Mm-hmm. And I listen to that story and you you sort of set it up. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to ruin your bit. And you should all listen to it right. uh, if you're listening to this right now. But um, something about names, you set that up with, you know, Doug's usually a cool guy and Doug yeah. isn't. And I was thinking about that and I go, I think that's true. I think there's names of guys where you almost – I don't know if you just have bad experience with one guy, but I feel like Rob's. I, I, I don't know if I like Rob's all that much. But you yeah, say Doug's? Did,
1: well, you know, the, when, you take, when you take Rob, and I will say I'm very good friends with two Rob's. Yeah. They're very nice. Okay. But I think it's that thing where, you know, I obviously took Matt because I didn't like Matthew. Okay. Yeah. Kid. And I think that's why most of us, Matt Damon, yeah. you know, everybody, why we kind of took that. Because it, it just, it sounds... Maybe it sounds a little, say, you know, mm-hmm. a little, a little limp, you know. Uh, and uh, for one of another term, I feel the thing is, if you're a Robert, the shortening for Robert has always been Bob. Yeah. But I feel like Bob is a dad name. It is. And so Robs went Rob. You know. But Bob's Robs went Rob. We all love and, Bob's, and, though. And it, yeah. We we love Bob. Yeah. But there was a time where we thought Bob <laughs> was corny, and that's when those guys became. They wanted to become Robs because Rob is cooler. So you can tell when someone's like coolified their name. Yeah. Where probably these Roberts, their dads would be like, Bob, get in the car. I'm, like, oh. I'm Rob. Like, okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but it's like, I can't knock it because I'm not a Matthew. I'm a Matt.
0: You're a Matt. So I love. Was, him. I got we, a cousin, Matt. I love I, Matt.
1: Yeah. yeah. See, you know, and, and I, I, I understand it, but I think that's where the, the root of the Rob thing came from. Where it's like, oh, you cool, you coolified your name you're a dick <laughs>
0: yeah. that's and that's how that's how matt bronger writes a bit ladies and gentlemen there it is you just got it right here give him one word yep. and he's off but it's actually it ties into your bit on a dog and it's great yes sir are you yeah, a, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. uh real quick before we go uh do you bring stuff are you selling i know you got vinyl on your site do you sell after the show no because i didn't i didn't press
1: up any vinyl yeah. of dog because it's it's just it's hard. I mean, for you know, God, since 2009, I've been hauling vinyl, vinyl on the road, and you know, people would buy it as a souvenir and be like, "I don't have a record player," and I'm like, "Well, there's a download code in there," but people don't even download anymore; they stream. So it's one of those things where I don't. I'm I've never been a big merch guy. Okay. Uh, I'll do it sometimes, but uh, yeah. So long. Again, long story long. I'm not bringing anything. All right. But um, yeah. If if if, if people want to come, I will. I do like hang out after every show yeah, if okay. people want to say hi or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. So it, it's not even a, it's not even a, you know, it, it's an official meet and greet for an additional $10. <laughs> you know, like I'm just there. He's there. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, in, in, in Ann Arbor, in, I want to say, uh, early March of 2020 when everything shut down and, uh, we were. I, had, I was on the phone with my agent, and he was like, "They're talking about closing LAX." And I'm like, "How the fuck? Like at home, you know?" And yeah. we were we, we we had this one last night of shows, and here's how dumb we were. No one's fault, but we didn't even know you could pass the virus through through mm-hmm. your mouth and breathing. So we would just touch elbows afterwards. Yeah, right, at the yeah. door, is touching elbows with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, it's just like I, even though we were still in this top time of stasis where I'm like, I know everything's locking down after this for God knows how long I'm going to stand by this door. Mm-hmm. And if anyone wants to say hi, they can say hi. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, so I'll always do that. So All I'm right. Going, well, Nobody needs to worry about getting anything but a ticket, so I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, if you're listening to this, you come see Matt this weekend, touch his elbow, do the whole thing. You'll have a great time. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Matt, yes. <laughs> thanks so much. And and we also love, you know, that's doing you this research, that first album, that's Bob Seger right there. You're not fooling me. That is. That, that is. is.
1: It's Bob Seger and a little inside baseball. I, I did that cover because I was kind of making fun of what I'll call rockstar comedians oh, yeah, like yeah, comedians yeah. who think they're really really cool and I was it, it was my kind of way of <laughs> Well it is You notice uh, I look way more serious than Bob <laughs> you on do. his album
0: Yeah I've got them I actually got them both up on my uh on my uh, screen here at the same time and yeah oh, cool But it's I great. Love it. Well it, it believe me it will be loved unironically here in in Michigan so uh Thank uh, you, buddy. Thank I'm looking, really looking forward yeah, to the weekend yeah, we'll and uh, uh, hope people can come out. Sounds great. We'll see you this weekend, Matt. Thanks so much. Thank you, Joel. Right. Have a good day, Ma'am. man. Yeah, you too. All All right, you, bye buddy. Well, Matt Bronger, thank you so much again. That was a great interview. I just, he, you wind him up and he goes. And that's why he is considered one of the best because he can talk about anything. It's entertaining. I probably should have thrown in some names from the old Chicago comedy scene like Dobie Maxwell and some of these guys I would hope for. Rocky Laporte. But uh yeah, unbelievable. Matt Bronger coming back first, uh full weekend at the club. He's done a one nighter in the past, so head on over to comedycastle.com. Get your tickets for that. Get your tickets for all those shows that we got coming up. Uh if if you wanted to see Maria Bamford, hurry, hurry for that show uh on Monday the sixth of February. So hurry up, get your tickets for those and uh, thanks so much for listening I've had a lot of uh, great response to the shows that I've done, this being my third show as host so thank you so much And, and keep them coming and tell people, hey look, it's Matt Bronger that's as good, that's as legit as it gets, Matt Bronger on a podcast, that's a must listen right there even if he's talking to me it's a must listen, so thanks for listening thanks to all of you, we'll catch you next time, bye bye